His great house, the home of peace. Alright. Thank you. Awesome. Good evening, everyone. And trust we had a good day. So this is Bible study. It's gonna be engaging. It's gonna be it's not gonna be the regular, you know, just uh, preaching, teaching, talking. So it's gonna be more interaction, right? So I'm gonna do it more as what would be both student teacher engagement. So I'll be needing us to just be very active. Uh, we'll make use of the chat box and also kind of mute to just uh, have conversations. So I really wanted to hit a particular level before this class. Like I was trying to get some, some basics concerning what we want to do. Oh, so we didn't share the the team. So the team for for this month for the Bible study, what we'll be looking at is um, what's it again? Um, new birth is always coming, but now I didn't call it new birth. New creation, yeah, the new creation. So we want to look at new creation and somehow. Uh, so the entire idea of new creation is the beginning of what our Christian journey actually is. So if we don't understand new creation. We we'll not understand every other thing we talk about. We start talking about believers' authority. We start talking about your place in Christ. We start talking about um, spiritual gifts, and all of those, all of those are predicated on the foundation of understanding new creation. So when you understand new creation so very well, in fact, there's nothing in the context of the Christian faith that you may not be able to talk or uh, do a work on. So even for Bible teaching, it's predicated on understanding of new creation. So that's what we'll be running through this month. We'll take it bit by bit. Um, and we'll see how God helps us with that. So like I said, to be engaging. Uh, so I just said that to do a summary of what new creation is all about. So uh, before I go into just talking, I know some of us have heard about new creation definitely before. So uh, let me just take a, so anybody who wants to just say anything, you know, when you hear new creation, what comes to your mind? I know there's a scripture that we usually quote uh, that talks about that new creation, anybody who is now uh, a new, a new creature and all of that. So what, what comes to your mind, you know, when you hear that word, new creation? And let me just say this. Um, the Spirit of God is very, uh, very much present in everything that we do. And I can tell you particularly this night, the purpose of this Bible study is not just for doing sake, is that we'll be enriched as believers who know. So there are questions that while we just just will be answered. So we'll become educated believers who you know you can take certain things and you can talk about them with confidence and because you know them. Right. So that's what that's why we are doing this. So it's gonna be engaging questions, interactions. So new creation, when we hear new creation, what comes to mind? You can use the chat box, you can also unmute. Right. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's make it as though we are in we are in a physical class. Where would I even call somebody's name? Okay, somebody just dropped that. Uh, why is my screen zooming out? Okay, my screen is misbehaving. I think I saw somebody just dropped the message. Can somebody just read the messages for me, please? My screen is misbehaving. Okay, someone said renewal. Another person said the renewed one. Renewal. Okay, good. My screen is back. Thank you. I can see it now. Uh, renewed man. Renewal. Okay. Spiritual repairs. All right. Awesome. All right. So now let me let me say this as a background to to this study that we are starting as a background that um, there's going to be an amazing there's going to be an amazing. Um, thing that will happen to you as a result of this study 
So we'll be starting from the place of looking at the, the, the fall of man. That's where we'll start from on looking at this topic about new creation. So, you know, the idea of creation means that there are two things. You know, if you buy a car and there's an issue with the car, okay, like my generator was giving me so much issues recently, so much issues. I had to, so the, the, the technician said, is it that I repair it? And if I repair it, it could not guarantee how long it would take before it develops another fault. But then he said, I also have the option of buying a new engine entirely. So is it that I buy a new engine or I repair it? So new creation is actually an idea of renewal. Uh, it's, it's an idea of replacement, not renewal. So the place of new creation means I am just doing it. So it's not that it's a, it's a, uh, it's a way to, to pad what's already existing or a way to, to just uh, make what's already existed look better. You know, when, when you repair a thing, or just like the way ladies do makeup and all of that, they're just trying to edit their faces and, and, and all of it. So it's still the same person, right? But it's just that there are some works done on the face to make it look appealing. But then, you know, there are people who go for complete change of face, surgery, and all of that. So new creation gives us an idea that there is actually a replacement of a life not a repair so because when there's a repair it means that uh, you are still being run by a particular system that is still existing so if it's a repair if it's a replacement it means i must now understand how what is being replaced runs so like my generator before i i, I turn it on from the right but since the guy did the replacement I now turn my generator on from the left. So I needed to learn how to now work on it through the left and not the right. So if it was a repair, the system would have been the same. And I'll just continue the same. But because it's a replacement, I needed to now start understanding the process of the replacement. Amen. So this means, um, um, this, this says to us that the, the idea of new creation means there was an old there was an old and there's now a new so we need to understand that old what happened to the old how did we come to losing the old so we can now get to understanding the new and how we are able to preserve the new that we now have and this is the basis of our christian faith now in fact without understanding this navigating through the, the christian life can be a little bit tiring can be a little bit difficult so i just said all of that to pay to paint that background that this is a critical topic for us to start with and start looking at the scriptures so let's let's open our scripture let's just go to that second um, corinthians five seventeen that we are all very familiar with then i'll now take us back to genesis Second Corinthians 5 17 that we're all familiar. So let me have somebody just somebody could read. Somebody could read. So that I'm not just doing all of it myself. Okay, I'm Second Corinthians 5.17. And yeah. it says anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. The old is gone, the new has come. Interesting. I love that. Any other translation? Does anybody have the Living Bible message? Any other translation? The Living Bible, most importantly, there's a, there's a way it said that scripture. I just love it. Anybody? Any other translation? Anybody? KJV. Can I okay. KJV? Okay, let's go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he if is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are become new. All things, all things are become new. Interesting. Now, let me read the Living Bible. Yeah, I have the Living Bible. Uh, it says, uh, what's it? Okay, it says, when someone becomes a Christian, 
it becomes a brand new person inside. It's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. When someone becomes a Christian, it becomes a brand new person inside. It's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Now, if you remember, I was trying to paint a picture of understanding the system of my code generator that I had to replace and, and that I didn't repair. Now, you see, the, the first point of victory for a believer is understanding the scripture. So, you know, you, it, salvation is something that comes so easy. I just say in my mouth, I give my life to Jesus. I'm no longer a sinner. Father accepts me. And somebody says to us that now you are saved. You know, it looks as though so simple and so ordinary that, so does that mean every other thing I've done in my life, every um, sin, unrighteous act is just gone like that? So until we come to understand the import of this scripture, we may not even live in the liberty of the Christian life that God has given to us. Mm -hmm. So you see that there are many people who deal with guilt, who deal with condemnation, mm -hmm. who deal with self-esteem issues, and a whole lot of that just because we have not come to the place of the spirit of the scripture. So the scripture is saying that if you become a Christian, you have become a brand new person. And that's amazing, amazing word to use. And it's not saying you are not the same anymore. A new life has begun. But then the challenge is because we don't understand the concept of this, the new life that has begun, we still live it on the bread on the on the on the basis of the life that we have known before we got to inside this new life. So you see somebody who, who just still feel, I still feel the same way. I still feel like this and this is me. I used to be a very bad person. I used to do this and it's still the same because you have not understood the fact that a brand new life has started. So when we understand the dynamics of how we come into this brand new life, we now begin to understand the dynamics of how to bring out the power in this new life. So you begin to understand how to empower this new life and walk in the victory of this new life that we have. Amen. Amen. Okay. So now, Amen. We, we, we want to look at the fall. So we're going to do a, a, a little bit of uh, explanation around that Genesis. So, but let me just start with, uh, let's go to Genesis and I'm going to be asking some questions. Uh, so there are three things I will be able to achieve at the end of this class. Uh, we'll be looking at what exactly caused the fall. Um, I don't know how many ladies do we have here because, you know, I want to say Eve was the cause, right? So, okay, we have some ladies here. So, okay, let's just do a gist around that before we just go on. So, the, the fall, do we blame Adam or do we blame Eve? You know, Eve was the one who actually ate the fruit and introduced it to our husband, Adam. So, what do you think? Do you think Adam was at fault? You know, when 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 she, when God appeared to him and gave to him, said it was the woman whom you gave to me. You know, the woman who you gave, he received revelation was clear and everything, but the woman made it. So who, who was actually at fault in that story of the fall? Adam or Eve? Should Adam have known better? Should Eve have known better? Was it was it who, who, who was at fault? The two guys. Let's just do that side gist before. We go ahead. Well, oh, yeah, now you can unmute or use the chat box. Of course, I'm sure I forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we leave it there. Okay. Can I say mine? Yes, sir. So, okay. Okay, I would, I would definitely blame Adam. Even the, in the book of Romans, the Bible says the same thing to this word by one man, Adam. You know, we were talking about, then not talking about the second Adam. So I would say Adam is responsible, even though he brought the food to him, but he is still is the one with the assignment, and he is still the one to be blamed for the whole thing. 
wow, everybody's blaming it damn interesting. <laughs> Pastor Abiyonu, you blame you don't blame it damn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um I'll not like blame now, but I'll, I'll say that Adam is not um, sensitive. He was not found in his place of assignment. So when God gave them charge in the garden, God did not in any way tell the woman what and what not. So the assignment and charge was given to Adam. So when the devil came and tempted Eve, and Eve brought it to Adam, and God now came back for assessment, you know, the reason why man fell and lost the authority was because man transferred the responsibility that see it's not me, it's because of this woman that you gave me. And the woman also transferred the responsibility that see it's not me, it's the serpent. But then the serpent did not transfer the responsibility to any other person. The serpent took the place. <laughs> so that was how men, the man, lost the authority. Right, so Adam should have been much more sensitive that, right, okay, we have missed it. In, in fact, sometimes I just think that if Adam had said, Ah, oh God, I'm really sorry, yes, this happened, you know, I, I'm just thinking maybe we could have had a kind of tweak to the whole story, but then so it's Adam's insensitivity. In interesting, way. interesting. Wow, so I think we have a very aligned, uh thought yeah everybody's blaming Adam but I personally don't blame Adam but I wouldn't I don't let down my thoughts anyway on that. So I don't know why everybody's blaming Adam. Adam was just an innocent man who was being caring and didn't want to scold the wife. Amen. Alright that was just a joke in my mind. Alright so now let's let's go on. You see we need to understand the fall. The fall so you know, the Lord had given now right before man fell there was already a system in heaven and we need to understand that man was now um given earth more like an overseer so man was supposed to be a representation of god right here on earth so man was man was god on earth man was the one who had the authority over everything on earth so the way that the lord designed it was that Man had access as much as he had access in heaven. So it's, it's, it's more like the same way, you know, this British British uh, style of colonialism, where they come and they make the culture of uh, their own culture in any state they are colonizing. And before you know it, that place becomes more like a template of what is going on in, in, in the place. So heaven was, it was more like a colonized city of, um, earth was more like a colonized city of heaven. So, and we had Adam there. Now, this is saying to us that, guys, we also are more like everywhere we are is a colony that we are supposed to be representing a kingdom. So, because that's the original design, that there will be men who will be on a face, on another space called Earth. And what they will be doing is that they will be bringing the dominion of heaven right on the earth and that was the assignment that adam had so adam had the task of making sure there's a replica of everything that goes on in heaven and the system was designed in a way that you see all these things that we do now in workplace where people will say no micromanagement and all of that most of this theory were from the scripture so god was so magnanimous that there was no there was no micromanagement so God gave Adam the full access on the earth. Now you see that Adam began to name the animals, he began to do all of that. And whatever name he called it, God would say, that's right. Now it wasn't right because it wasn't, it wasn't right because that was the right answer. It was right because God has given him the dominion to do it. I don't know if I said that correctly. But now this is what I'm saying. That everything that Adam was doing on the earth was not god's prerogative to say it is right or wrong now god had given adam every of the access that whatever you do here on earth is fine as long as you are in me 
So as long as Adam remained and had the breath of life, you know, he had the spirit of God, he had the life of God inside of him, and he was dominating on earth as it is in heaven. Everything he did was correct. So Adam had no sense of, is this thing right or is it wrong? Because he was in tune, he was in line, he had the spirit of the father. He had the, he had the knowledge and the consciousness of God. So that was like the preliminary. And that was what Adam was enjoying. Now, there was another brother, on the other hand, who had fallen from heaven, who had fallen from being a part of the council in heaven. And that's the serpent that came, the devil that came as the serpent. So, Adam and Eve already had this life. They never knew that what they had was so cherished by this man called serpent, Satan, whatever the case may be. So, at the point that man was now deceived, you know, when, when, when the serpent came and he began to have conversation with Eve and he was trying to make them understand the place of they cannot trust the judgment of God. So the first thing we'll be doing now is to look at what exactly is the sin? What exactly is the thing that they did that cut them off from God? Now, and what that will be doing to us is that as we study that, we also now understand our own Christian journey and how to. So the first thing I've mentioned now that you should be able to Take note of is the fact that Adam had every access to do everything right without being uh, without being I don't know the English to lose now. There was no God coming to check is it right is it wrong. Now that was the that was the natural flow that there was no there was no wrong or right kind of relationship. It was just a relationship of the father and a guy who has given the responsibility of overseeing a place. So it seems to me that when I begin to get into, I'm to be at a place where I am not afraid to do certain things because I know that I'm not outside of sync with God. That's the first thing. Now, Adam was not afraid when he named the animals, when he did those things. There was none that God came to start checking if they were right or wrong. And that right or wrong was not a product of Adam's brilliance, but a product of who God had called Adam. He has been given that access. He says, have dominion over this. So since he had given them the dominion, he had faith in the dominion he had given to them. So the same way we also now, there's a level of dominion we have been given that God does not need to come and start checking if you are right, if you are wrong. All you just need to go ahead is to name things. Amen. Now, let me go, let me go back to our gist on how sin now came. So sin came. So now, what exactly is the sin? The sin of Adam should be the first thing, how this fall came about. So what exactly is the sin? Now, let's go to Genesis 2. Let's go to Genesis 2 or 3. Let's go to Genesis 3. So I'll just be doing a, little, a lot of paraphrasing and I will just read from here. So the serpent was the craftiest. I'm reading Genesis 3 one now. The serpent was the craftiest of all the creatures the Lord God had made. So the serpent came to the woman. Really, he asked, none of the fruit in the garden. God says you mustn't eat any of it. Of course, we may eat it. The woman told it. It's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we are not to eat. God says we mustn't eat it or even touch it or we will die. That's a lie. The serpent is, you will not die. God knows very well that instant you eat it, you will become like him. For your eyes will be opened. You will be able to distinguish good from evil. Now, let's look at that, that, that scripture. It says, you'll be able to distinguish good from evil. Now, is that a good thing on its own? Like, ability to be able to know what's good and what's evil. Now, let's, let's, let's take a pause there. Is that a good thing on its own? Would that, would that be a bad thing? or would that be a, Let me ask you, would that be a bad thing on its own? Or uh, is it a good thing? Ability to know good and evil. Not bad. Okay, can I get more response? Would that be a bad thing? Maybe knowing bad is better. <laughs> Maybe not knowing bad is better. Okay. Not really a bad thing. All right. Awesome. Now, if you look at what we have seen, what I, what I showed us earlier, 
that Adam could do things without the feeling of the sense of right or wrong. He had this sense. He never had that consciousness of, and that's the place of, you know, the scripture said they were naked after the fall. Okay, don't let me rush. Don't let me rush. Let me just stay here. So, Adam had that consciousness. They didn't have that consciousness of what I'm doing. Is it wrong? Is it bad? So, now, this says to us that there are times that what we are actually looking for is not what we should be looking for. So, ordinarily, it could not have been bad for you to want to know that I want to know if this is bad, if this is wrong. Now, that's a kind of a spirit, and we'll get there. Now, the fruit that they were to eat, that they were told not to eat, that fruit is called the tree of good and evil. Now, another translation in interpreting that tree, he called it the tree of conscience. Now, if you go, if you go and check it um, in... in in that chapter three, verse, or no, just go back to two. The Lord God placed two fifteen. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden as his gardener to tend and care for it. But the Lord God gave man this warning: You may eat any fruit in the garden, except fruit from the tree of conscience. Now that's two fifteen and sixteen. Now King James used the tree of conscience. So now this says to you that. The tree of conscience, that tree that the Lord said they shouldn't eat, you know, conscience is the place where you begin to have a sense, a sense, it's, a, it's, 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 it's part of what is comprised of the mind. So that's where some of the sense or the sense uh, systems of man works. So where you, where you, where you begin to feel, your sense of feeling can be produced from your conscience. You know, when you just do something and your conscience makes you feel good, or makes you feel bad. So now, what they were before then, they never had activation of this sense of this consciousness of if I am doing good or if I am doing bad. Why? Because that would not be necessary if they are where they should be. So my consciousness of me doing bad or doing good would not earn me a place in God. What will earn me a place in God is me being in God. Now, we're going to look at this and try to apply it to our current, current, you know, how our daily living and all of that. So, the scripture said they shouldn't eat from the fruit of good and evil, which is the fruit of conscience. So, it says to us that, now, you know, the tree of good and evil, you know, it's a tree. So, it means that the same tree produces the good and also produces the evil. So, the tree itself, it's not good. I don't know if that makes sense anyway. So, Let's say this is a tree of uh, this is a tree that brings forth uh, mango. Now, whatever comes from that tree must be from a root. So, if that tree is producing mango and producing pineapple at the same time, it is not that that tree has pineapple. Or let's say, okay, let me use something bitter. Let's say bitter leaf now. Let's say bitter leaf and. Uh, which vegetable is good now? Whatever vegetable that okay, sweet, sweet leaf and bitter leaf. So if it's coming from the same root, you know, the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's using that to describe that it is from the roots that the fruits come from. So the, you don't you don't get into a thing based on its fruit, but from what its roots is. You know, there was a time we we're having conversation about songs. So it means that the song that I'm listening to is not just based on what comes forth from the song, but what is the root of the song. So the root of the fruit of the tree of good and evil cannot be good for it to have also produced good. So for it to have also produced bad. So because both bad and good is what comes from it. You cannot get bad or good from that particular tree. So what you get from that particular tree is good and evil. So you will have a share of the good, but you also have a share of the evil. So that's what that tree is all about. Now, let me bring it to our contemporary age, what that tree looks like. You know, there's this whole conversation about, no, 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 human rights, love, let's be this, let's be kind to people and all of that. So you get this like, Somebody who is gay, it is out of love 
for you to be able to permit your brother to be who he wants to be. So out of love, human right is that somebody can be whoever he wants to be. Now, in itself, that's a preaching of love, acceptance, forbearance. But that is a, it is an ideology from a tree of good and evil. Because they are trying to use what is good to entrench what is evil. So, and that's what we see, you know, you can be emotionally cowed in this, our generation. You know, when you begin to advocate for things around all of this, uh, LGBTQ, uh, same, uh, all of this nonsense that is being talked about. So, you know, somebody can talk to you in a way that you begin to also have a sense of, you think you are the one that is not correct. Because, you know, the scripture also talk, talk about we should be able to permit other people in love, we should be able to do this and all of that. Those are ideas that are from, because they will now begin to make your conscience seared in a way that you think you are in love, but you are actually against the will of God. Because those are things that are from the fruit of good and evil. So it may be predicated on what is called love, but that love is not the eternal. It is love from the fruit of evil. Amen. So I said all of that to explain the concept of the of the tree of the conscience. So man was not to eat from this, so that when man comes to a place where his definition of love is not outside the concept of God, his definition of forbearance is not outside the definition and the concept of God, his definition of good is not outside the concept of God. And his definition of evil is not also outside the concept of God. So, you know, this will, this will take us to things about, you know, is God, you know, when God, is God uh, partial and all of this? Okay, don't let me run. Let's, let's just stay there. So, man disobeyed God and went uh, against the law of God that they should not eat from this fruit. And when they ate it, now the, the consequence from eating this fruit is not even as much on God as it is as much on man. Because man had to now start facing certain things that he never faced before. So now, before the fall, we saw that man had the life of God. Genesis 1.26. Man had the life of God. Man was only, was only subject to the law of life before then. There was nothing like, there was no, no sense of death coming to man. So man had, had life. These were things that were coming, that were in place before the fall. So man was subject only to the law of life and he was superior to the law of death. Now man was in fellowship with God on a basis. When you check Genesis 3, 8. Let's look at that. Let's open the scriptures, Genesis 3, 8. Can somebody read that for us? Or somebody just put that, post it? I want to see how we can engage. So you can unmute so that I can have a feel of feedbacks. Yep, Genesis 3, 8. Okay, 3 verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the tree of the garden. Awesome. So we saw that. You see that before, before um, that fall happened, there was relationship, there was fellowship, there was there was communion. Man had that access to God on a daily basis. Man was a master of the earth. Man actually had mastery of the earth. Man was not afraid of anything. Man was not was not in a position of fear. So now let's now go to the fall itself. So when man disobeyed, now the sin of man actually in that in that context was not technically about eating the fruit that God had said they shouldn't eat. It was not technically about the fruit in itself. It wasn't technically about the fact that, oh, they eventually had this fruit. Now, the most, the, the, the critical part of that scene is the fact that you become who you will be. So you become what you will be. So immediately they believed the testimony of the serpent. You know, God had told you something. 
and you knew this is what he had said. And immediately at that point, the serpent came and began to, you know, toast the woman and was able to convince the woman about this. They believed the testimony of the serpent. So as against the testimony of God, what God had said to them. So at the point they believed that, they transferred their ownership to the serpent. The, their ownership, the nature, the nature they carried. We are going to see that. We are going to see that um, further. To begin to look at what exactly the man now lost. So because you know, I've heard certain things that people say, oh, man, man lost, um, man lost the spirit of God. He lost this and lost all of that. The beautiful thing about that is that you see that even after they fell, God still came after them. God was still there with them in the garden. He was still trying to help them salvage the issue. So the problem was not a problem of God. It was a problem of man not being to operate where God had called him. So like I shared um, at the meeting we went, I think myself, Pastor Biodo and uh, Mr. Dutton. Now, in the garden of Eden was where God had called man. That was man's domain. Like that was the, the place where man would exercise his dominion. So there's a domain that the context of where God has placed man to be able to exercise the dominion that God had given him. Now, if you look at that Genesis, we got to talk about that man should take dominion over everything that had been created. And that's the same thing to us. We have been given an access to have dominion over everything that we created. However, there is a caveat to it. The domain that God gave man was what made man able to exercise the dominion that he had. So it's just like a fish. You know, no matter how powerful a fish is, a fish can only exercise that is dominion within the context of water. So if you bring a fish and put it on the sand, you discover that the fish will struggle and at the point the fish may die. Why? Because there's a domain that has been designed for the expression of the dominion that man had. Now, at the moment that the man disobeyed and went out of what God had called him to do, and he left the spirit and entered into that realm of conscience, he entered into a realm that was not the domain designed for the dominion that God had given to him. So technically, man did not lose his dominion. Man did not lose the ability of God that God had given him. Man did not lose that. Now, you see in the New Testament, we began to see that said, the calling and the gift of God are without repentance. Now, man did not lose, Adam did not lose what it meant for him to still dominate in that capacity of God. So what he lost was his domain. Where it is exactly, he could exercise that capacity that God had placed in him. Now, go to Genesis 3, and you're going to see that, how that played out. Genesis um, 3, from verse... Um, Genesis 3, 22. Yeah, let somebody paste that for us. Good, I love us. You're pasting. Genesis 3, 22. So, the fall, what man actually lost. What man actually lost? He come right off. Good and evil. Okay, great. And the Lord said, the man is become as one of us. Now, already man had that spirit of God. Man had that, you know, I, I told us it was like man was a God on earth. So a replica of what God is in heaven. Man was what that on earth. So he said, God, man had become as one of us already. So he knows now, he now knows good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and no, no, take no. also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Now, what was the next thing? He said, man was now set out of the, of the garden. So that would be 23, Genesis 3, 23. Man was now sent out of the garden. So it means that the ability for man to be able, at the point that man sinned, he left. Now, the garden technically was just a physical representation of the of the domain that God had given to man. I don't know how to explain this. God help me. So, you know, the same way we have baptism. You know, there are people who ask, have you done water baptism? The water baptism does not technically uh, mean you make it to heaven. Water baptism is not what makes you a believer, right? But water baptism is a doctrine of 
a public announcement that I now belong to Christ. I now belong to these people who follow after Christ. So Garden of Eden was a representation, a physical representation of a type of the domain, like the, the, the environment where man was to exercise his dominion. But in the spirit, the domain that God has given to man is in the confines of the instruction that he has given to man. So it was by the word that man was created. So it was by the word that man had the domain to actually exercise the authority that God had given to him. So it is by the pronouncement of the word that brought about man. It is the same pronouncement of the word that if you stay within the confines of this word, of this instruction that I've given to you, if you don't go out of it, then you'll be able to exercise this authority that I have given you. So you see that man was first created and man had the breath of life and man was already in God before man gave him the instruction that now established him in Eden. So Eden was just a physical place representing the place that man had in God. So as long as man stays within the confines of that instruction and that instruction will also check what it is in the New Testament that we have now. So how is it that I can stay in that instruction that will make me be able to have the dominion as you have. Because you cannot exercise dominion unless you are in confines of a domain that makes your dominion possible. So just the same way a fish cannot survive outside of a domain that is called water. So there's an instruction that is also a domain for you in this current dispensation as a believer, which is a den for them. I don't know if this is if I'm making this simple enough, please let me get some feedback. I, I really need to explain. If this is all I can explain this night, I'll be very glad. Let me get some feedback on mute and let me know if we are we understand this. I'm trying to explain. Let me get feedback. Unmute, unmute, please. You can unmute. Okay, great. And you can use the chat box. Great. 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 Awesome. Thank you. So I, I'll do that gently again. I'll explain that. So I'm saying that. For you to be able to exercise authority, for you to be able to have dominion, like Adam and Eve were given that dominion. You know, the Lord said, uh, over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all of this, you know, man had that dominion. But that dominion was first preceded by an instruction which was the domain of what that dominion we operate on. So without the confines Outside of the confines of the pronouncement of what they were not to do, that dominion would not work. It becomes trouble. So you discover that when man now, after man left Eden, the scripture now began to explain things that had to do with struggle. He said man now began to toy. So man that was told before that you are to tend Eden, when they were in Eden, inside of the instruction, inside of what explain their dominion. They were just tending and they were seeing results. But as soon as they entered into a realm that was not the original design for them. So now the earth that they were sent, when they were sent out of Eden, it was not as much a physical representation as much as a pronouncement of the word. Because by words, we create things. That's why words are really powerful. The kind of words we say, what we do. That's why you see that confessions are powerful because words create, words create, words create actually. So you can create a thing by your words because you have the spirit of God. That's just a sign. So now we saw that clearly now that what man lost was not his dominion. What man lost was not his authority. What man lost was not his ability. What he lost was how to use it, the spirit of what makes him able to use it. So that's what man lost. So man lost that 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 um, expressive environment for what he had. You know, no matter how much of, let's say you have, um, let's say you have, you have, um, what is it we don't need in Nigeria so much? Let's say, okay, let's say you have seeds for this apple. You know, the real, the real apple, not that one we eat in Nigeria, the real apple. And, you know, there's no environment for that thing to grow here in Lagos. And you are trying to plant it in Lagos. No matter how much you try, the effort and the struggle you put, it won't try. 
because it has not been pronounced to function in that environment. So this will also take us as we go on in this study to the place of understanding personal personal drivings, personal place. Oh, we are mine to be. And that's how you drive. That's how we work in authority. So there are things that when you begin to understand your domain, dominion becomes natural. So when a, when a fish gets into water, a fish does not try to learn how to survive in the water. It's natural. But when a dog finds itself in a sea, it goes through struggle because it's not its domain. So there's a domain you must understand for you to be able to have dominion. So until you understand that, you have not entered into peace. Amen. So I've been able to explain to us now what the sin was. The sin was unbelief. 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 Don't forget that. The sin was unbelief. So believing the testimony of the serpent as against the testimony of God. And what man lost? Man lost their domain. Their domain. And I explained that, that it's not the context of a physical environment, but the pronouncement of what established man. Amen. Now, what did the fall of man bring to us? Now, let I'm going to close here. I think it's almost this eight minutes to eight. Now, let's, let's do a gist around this. Um, so, the fall of man, what did you think we lost as a result of that? What happened? What, what after this fall happened? Man lost. Adam lost his domain which fell on us. But generally, you know, there's a thing we talk about, um, the sin of Adam is why we are this and all of that. What is the impact of this fall of Adam to us as maybe current current uh, believers or the world entirely, the earth? What's, what's the implication? That would be where I'll stop and pick it up next week. I may not explain it, but let me get our, our um, gist. Let me get from us. Let me hear stuff from us. So please, what did we lose? What did it do to the Adam sin was yeah. So what what did it do to us? What did it do to us? I'm trying to look at scripture. Please let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. What did this sin of Adam? What did it do? I've heard a lot of stuff around this, but I just want us to talk around it, have some scriptural understanding of it. Is there something I was supposed to talk about? Hmm, it separated us from God. Okay. Please, let's talk. Let's talk. Please, guys, you're on mute. I like when I hear words. Don't use yeah, so. All right, Pastor Femi. If I got the question, yeah, the question I, is what did the fall of Adam? Uh, yeah, cause to mankind. Okay, let me put it that way to mankind. Okay, so I feel it's made us lose our place, our spiritual place of authority. So there is an authority we wield um, before we come to the place of fall. So the fall was just more like um, we losing that seat of authority. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Stevie. I feel we, it brought death. Mm, awesome. Okay, good. What is death? God. 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 God sent him away from Eden. All right. Interesting. I saw. We have children department. <laughs> I said, choke up. Okay, great. I saw death. So let's quickly look at that. Uh, Mr. Merritt said it brought death. So death. Let's 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 look at that death. What did what is the death? What is death? Like what is death? What exactly is when we say death? When we use those because you know one of the things we need to do that we achieve with this uh, Bible studies we'll be doing is we we'll begin to understand some of these concepts that we use righteousness. Exactly, is this thing sin? Like today, now I begin to talk about sin, and um, I, I will be able to talk about sin so we begin to see the broad struggle. Interesting. So, some of these concepts are so powerful that you know there are times we use them generally, but we need to understand them. Like, what does the scripture really say? They are like concept of righteousness. Now, 
you know, people believe righteousness is when I don't smoke, I don't steal, I don't. So these are generic stuff, but is that what the scripture will say about them? So let's put punch on death. When we say death, death is separation from a life. Okay, separation from a life. Like separation, separation from a life. Okay, it brought sin to mankind. All right, our time is fast spent. I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. <laughs> Put that quote up. I wanted to create a kind of uh, controversial. I think I, what I'll do is I'll bring a controversial stuff from some of these things we are discussing, and I'll throw it to us. And um, that will create a divide. I want us to have two groups. Some people will be for, some people will be against. So now, to mankind generally, you know, you hear stuff like, okay, let me ask this: if the sin of Adam brought death, like we have explained now, separation to mankind and sin and all of that. So, sincerely, I don't have answer to this question. I don't have answer to it, but I want to ask. So, if the sin of Adam brought death, right, and Christ already came, right, and Pastor Biodu and to be Mrs. Biodu gets married, right? And Pastor Biodu and Mrs. Biodu gives birth to Brother Jesus. Pastor Biodu and Sister Mrs. Biodu, they are already believers, right? So, why should, does that mean when they give birth to Brother Jesus, Brother Jesus will still be a sinner till he confesses Jesus? So does that mean the righteousness of Brother Biodu and Sister Mrs. Biodu is not powerful enough to give birth, to bring a righteous seed? Do we get the question? Please, guys, unmute, please. Unmute, unmute. For those who can unmute, please unmute. We are not in a noisy place. Yes, I got the question. Okay. So if we say, you know, we are, we are, we are all saying now, that the sin of Adam and uh, what Adam did brought sin, separation, and all of that, right, to mankind. So, if that is so, as spiritual as Pastor Biodu is, and I'm very sure Mrs. Abiodu too is spiritual, very sure. Now, why is it that Adam's sin is strong enough and stronger than? What? Anyway, we have not gotten to start talking about the new man, but this is just a, pe- a, a very interesting stuff. So is it that these two uh, now saved natural, uh, spiritual people can't give birth to a seed that is not sinful? Why should two righteous guys not be able to produce a seed that is sinful that will still think that that seed will still inherit the sin of Adam. So is it that the sin of Adam is powerful than the righteousness of Brother Biodu and Sister Mrs. Biodu? It's 8 o'clock. Because how would life, two of them are life, and we are talking about death. Can't life give birth to life? Oh yeah. Righteousness is not genetically transferred. Interesting. There's no genetic code for righteousness. Hmm. We are seed of Adam. Okay, now I'll be puncturing. Ah, it's eight o'clock already. It's eight o'clock already. Ah, let me let me <laughs> let me puncture uh miracle and Mr. Doing. Now, okay, wait, just calm down. Now, if you say righteousness is not genetically transferred. So that means sin is genetically transferred. So is sin powerful than righteousness? That's for Sister Miracle. Is sin powerful than righteousness? If you say righteousness is not genetically transferred and sin is now genetically transferred, is sin powerful than righteousness? Now, we are the seed of Adam. So regardless of who brings forth a child, interesting. So if we say we are the seed of Adam, but the scripture makes us to understand that now we are born in Christ that we are born in Christ. 
And if a man is born in Christ, he's a new creature. So does that mean that the new creature born in Christ is not giving birth to an old man? That's what he started doing, Mola. Uh, I believe the seed of believers are not conceived in sin. Also, I don't know who this person is. Uh, I believe the seed of believers are not conceived in sin. Great. So are you saying that? I, I don't know the name. Please, can that person help me with his or her name? The Fashion Academy, person. Okay, Minister Mary. Ah, so now, if the seed of believers are not conceived in sin, so does that mean um, Pastor Biodu and Pastor Mrs. or Mrs. Pastor Biodu are giving birth to a righteous child who is already saved at birth? So it's eight o'clock already. We don't want to take our time. We promise it's going to be one hour, seven to eight. We'll, we'll keep having, you know, while we are doing all this is just to, you know, help ourselves understand these things more. Like I said, not like I have an answer to this question, but it's a, it's a question to just pause to more study. So everybody who has had some conversation, I've thrown a question to Miracle. I've thrown a question to Sister Doimola. Born in Christ, a new creation, after you confess yourself, a man is born in sin and not into a sinful world. A man is born in sin and not into a sinful world. Interesting. A man is born in sin. Now, are you saying... Okay, and into a sinful world. Thank you. So, Sister, uh, Mr. Doimola, are you saying... Okay, a man is born in sin and into a sinful world. So, are you saying that righteousness can produce sin? That's the question. So, if you say you have confessed, you become righteous. Your husband has confessed, becomes righteous. Now, and the scripture also makes us to understand that a tree will only produce a, a fruit, a tree will only produce a fruit that is of its own produce. So, are you now saying that two righteous guys will produce a sin? We produce a product of sin. Is that it? So, all right. So let's 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 think through this. We'll start from there next week, uh, Thursday. Let's 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 see how this expand so but today we have been able to look at look at the, the, the background of the fall of man we have been able to see what exactly the sin is unbelief and to corroborate that uh look at john 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 um john 16 um 9 began to talk about that john 69 it says the word sin is unbelief in me that's just to confirm you know what we have been able to check now what was the sin exactly we have been able to see that one man lost was his domain, not exactly the ability, the authority that was inherent in man in God, is the expression, what gives it expression, which is the word, the, the word that established man. And we'll also be able to see that when we begin to talk about the tree of good and evil, it's also still the context of an evil tree. But what we have, so like I've always said to some of the guys here, we are not in context between what is good or what is bad. When contest between what is God and what is good and evil, because good and evil is one, it's just one thing. Good and it's not good or so we are not in contest with good and evil. Or, so what we are in contest with is what is God and what is good and evil. So then we have a question that we need to go and work on. When we give birth, are we giving birth? So is it that sin is so powerful than righteousness? Thank you so much, guys. Any question before we just close tonight? I think I'm the one who gave us question this night. Interesting. Any question from anybody before we close? Apologies, we're supposed to close by eight. Any question? Any question? Any question? You can unmute to talk if you want to talk or use the chat box. Any question? You can unmute just to say no, no question. That's fine. Let me just get feedback from us. Feedback, 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 feedback. Yes, question. But next. <laughs> yes, right. so you can have our questions and um oh the line is breaking there sorry that must be network so we can also put our questions if you have questions you can always send it ahead of the classes so before thursday you can throw in questions so that will help our study more much more interesting 
thank you so much. Uh, I am blessed. I'm blessed this night. I don't know of you, but I think the Lord has helped us this night to do and start something great. I will continue on that level. All right. Let me hand over to my guy here as he just closes. So, possibly you can also stay close, close the meeting. His Great House, the home of peace.